Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Hi everyone, Pastor Jeff Woodward here from Metro Church with another wonderful My Story presentation. This one's very, very special. Of course, here in Australia, we're celebrating Mother's Day and in many other countries of the world on the same day. Uh, here at Metro, though, many years ago, we expanded it and called it Celebrate Women Day. Well, actually, in the last couple of years, it's become larger than that and has spread over more than just one day. It's now over a couple of weeks. But the core of it is still the same, is taking a moment to thank God and to honour the wonderful women that are in our lives. So I hope that you've had the opportunity to do that with someone that you love and someone that you want to honour. In tonight's presentation of my story, you're going to see Tendai Mishero, who many of us know from her worship leading, her role in the creative, but you're going to see her interviewing Kate Allen. Now, Kate and Ray, of course, again, are well-known here at Metro. Kate actually is our receptionist in our office here, but they've served across a wide variety of areas, not just in this church, but in the kingdom of God. I know that it's going to be a very, very special celebration of a My Story presentation. Kate's written a book, so you'll hear some of the background of her life growing up and what God has done in her life. Before we get to that, you know that I always want to honour everyone's giving, and that's a part of every service here at Metro. I know that the bank will do it at all hours of the day and night, or however it is you may give, but I also always want to take the opportunity to honour that. So how about we pray together right now? Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful way you not just give us the resources to be able to give, but you give us the kind of heart that wants to give. You move on us. Lord, it's never about pressure, but it is about wanting to respond to you. So I thank you for all those, Lord, who are faithful in their tithing and their giving and their generosity to you and to your kingdom. I pray you'll bless them and bless their home and bless their life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, sit back and relax. Get ready to enjoy this wonderful My Story with Tendai Mishero and Kate Allen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, for that introduction um, and welcome everybody to My Story. So today I'm with the lovely Kate and we have so been waiting for this moment, haven't <laughs> yes, we, Kate? Absolutely. <laughs> Beautiful. What a privilege and a pleasure it is to um, actually just be in this moment now. I have been so excited. So why? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess let's just dig right in. Mm -hmm. um, Kate, you are so many things, um, wife, mother, uh, you've pastored as well. Um, and most recently you have written a book, haven't yes. you? Yes. yes. This is awesome. Do you want to share the book title with us? Okay. The book title is Out of the Darkness and Into the Light. Yeah. Beautiful. And you probably wonder how that came about. That would be my first question. So what inspired the title? Well, actually, seven years ago, mm. I had a dream okay. of this very thing happening, sitting down right. with somebody, having an interview about my life story. Okay. And when I woke up, the title of the book in the dream mm. was Out of the Darkness and Into the Light. And I thought, hmm. Okay. 
That's an interesting title for a book, if I ever write my autobiography. (laughs) And so it stuck with me. And then the more I got into it, I realised that, yes, I did come out of darkness and into God's glorious light. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. So a really um, inspirational title, but I love that you had this. Did it make sense to you, actually, when you first had that dream and and you first kind of came up with this title or it was given to you technically? Did it it make sense? it kind of did because yeah. if you read the book, you will see that my I didn't become a Christian until I was 18. Yeah. So up until that point, uh, it was a fairly dark mm-hmm. existence. Yeah. And then when I got saved, obviously, you know, the light just came on little by little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it mm-hmm. took a fair, fair while for the light to fully come on. Yeah. And um, so I thought, yeah, that really describes my life. Your life journey. I've stepped out of the darkness of the world and God's brought me into his light. Yeah. Yeah. That's so wonderful. So um, for anyone who hasn't read the book, there is so much meat in there. There's so much gold um, to look forward to. But can you tell me a little bit about sort of what, what led you to eventually start that process of writing your autobiography? Okay. Um, I actually read a friend's life story mm-hmm. um, just before my 60th birthday. Yeah. And I said to her, why did you write it? And she said, well, it's a memoir for my children and okay. my grandchildren. Yeah. So I thought, oh, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind putting my story together for my children and my yeah. grandchildren. Yeah. And and that was basically all it was going to be, yeah. was just for my family. Mm-hmm. And so on my 60th birthday, I started writing yeah. my life story. And it was amazing as I was writing it because there was things mm-hmm. that the Holy Ghost was bringing back to my attention. Yeah. And actually, I was being healed, like, completely while I was writing this that I thought, wow, I thought I'd dealt with that. Yeah. And so I started writing it and then I got probably to about the middle of the book Mm -hmm. and that took me about two years and then I went through hiatus. I just could not finish writing this book and I thought, no, it's not meant to be, not meant to be. Was that that little bit of a writer's block thing that they often talk about or it felt a bit different? I think it was more that I knew what was coming (laughs) because I'd lived it (laughs) and and it was like God was really starting to deal with those issues and... I had to be healed on the inside before I could actually put it in black and white and know that it was going to go out there because by this stage I realised this isn't just for my family. Yeah. This is going to go far wider. Mm-hmm. And I put it off and put it off and put it off. And then I picked up a biography of a worldly person. Okay. And just one line in his book said, we've all got a story within us and we need to write it. And it was like the Holy Ghost said, finish the book. That is so good. And, of course, then a week later, um, Pastor Jeff asked me to come on as his PA. Yeah. (laughs) And I suddenly knew why the Holy Ghost was giving me a kick in the pants to finish Finish this book. book. So I thought, okay, well, this week I really have to get in and start finishing this book. Yeah. And... No joke. The last probably seven chapters of this book I wrote in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, now what do I do? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's all done. It's, it's, it's all like... done. So I gave it to my daughter to read, yeah. which she actually was ministered to. Oh, wow. 
while it was, yeah, she said, I knew some of it, Mum, but she said, mm -hmm. I laughed through the first half and I cried through the last yeah. half and so it was good for her. Yeah. And then I gave it to Pastor Jeff to read. Mm -hmm. So that was fine. I'm thinking, what do I do with this book now? Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. The girl who I'd asked to do the foreword, yeah. I hadn't realised at the time when I asked her, because I'd given her the first half mm -hmm. to, uh, to just to read, and I said, look, I'd love you to write the foreword. Yeah. And... Um, I hadn't realised that she had written three books. Oh, wow. Herself. So, yeah. And so she was author. then able to say, guess, guide me through what to do to get it published. Great. And yeah, and that's how it all came about. Wow. So it yeah. seems like there were really some God moments and God connections in yes, and through that story. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they have been all through my life. Yeah. It's just amazing. And that's what I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about. So I know um, without giving too much away of the yes. book, because I think having read it myself, I think it's such a powerful story. Yeah. Um, we've talked a bit about the process and sort of how you yes. got to publishing. But could you maybe um, kind of share with us some of the highlights? So it's your autobiography, obviously, mm -hmm. it goes through mm -hmm. the story of your life. But what are some of the highlights in those, let's say the first half, that first part of your journey? Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you know a little bit of my background, it wasn't Christian. Mm -hmm. And um, if, you, if you want to know more about it, you've got to read the book. Absolutely. That is fair. <laughs> and, but even though I wasn't brought up in a Christian household, we were always sent to Sunday school, mm -hmm. which now when I look back, you can say, oh, it was just what everybody did in those days. Yeah. But I honestly mm. believe that God's hand was on my life even back then. Yeah. I don't know how I knew, but I just knew. Yeah. Yeah. And even some of the stuff that I was going through then, there was always somebody there. And I, I mentioned her in the book, Mrs. Mm. Bruce, my Sunday school teacher, mm. yeah. who was just such a godly woman yeah. and really took me under her wing. And I believe she was one of the main prayers, even though she never told me. Yeah. Um, and then I once I got out of Sunday school, mm. um, which was I was 12, so between the ages of like 12 and 18, I led a pretty wild life. Yeah, yeah. You'll have to read the book. Definitely. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so because church didn't interest me, it was, yeah. um, it was boring, mm -hmm. you know, and I thought mm -hmm. the sooner I can get out of here, but up until 12, I had to go. Yeah. That was it. And then you got a bit more freedom. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that you different. either went to youth or you didn't go at all. That yep. was basically what it was. So mm -hmm. I thought, no, well, I'm not going to youth. So mm -hmm. I went to nightclubs, didn't I? You know, and people often say, how did you get into a nightclub at 13? Well, uh, you know, you... There were ways and means. There was ways and means. We didn't need ID back in those days yeah. and everybody thought I was 19. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you dress and you look and you do play the part. Yeah. And because I, my elder sister's 10 years older than me, uh -huh. so I I had always been brought up in adult company. Right. So you, you could play the part yes. if called upon to do so. Yes. Something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, and then it was at one of those nights out mm -hmm. that I met this man mm -hmm. <laughs> who was so different to anyone I'd ever met yeah. and he was involved in a youth group okay. and why don't you come along to the youth group Wonderful. and I'm thinking oh yeah right I've been to youth groups I know what it's like it's just not my scene. no now 
I'll, I'll interrupt you there for a That's second okay. because I think you've mentioned some really pivotal ages and I know in terms of what you were saying about, you know, you were uh, probably a bit more mature because you hung out with the mm -hmm. adults. Um, you've got some beautiful pictures here, which um, I think they just give a little bit more insight mm -hmm. into what things were like. So this one, um, and, and I know that will um, pop up on the screen, but this is you at about age 14? Yes, that was yeah. probably my last year of high school. I was only 14 yeah. when I finished high school. Yeah. I was always sort of like a year younger. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my birthday's in the January, so I turned 15 the yeah. year after I left. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. All right, so that was, again, a pivotal moment because you talk a little bit in your book about your experiences in education mm. and what that was what that was like for you as a young girl growing up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then you mentioned, so you said Mrs. Bruce was um, Sunday, Sunday school, school teacher. teacher. Yeah. Um, so not quite in the school setting, yeah. but still you talk yeah. a bit about yeah. your experiences. Um, and then, you know, we had a beautiful next-door neighbour when I was going through high school. Mm. Um, once again, lovely Christian yeah. woman and... I used to confide in her a lot. Mm -hmm. I would many times be sitting at her dining room table while she was baking her scones and her yeah. apple tarts and everything. Yeah. She, was a, she was a cook for one of the leading five-star hotels in Brisbane. Yeah. And um, I always used to go home with goodies. <laughs> I think that's right. Between her and my nan, yeah. um, my nan used to do the sweets and she used to do all the baking. Oh. Um, sweet tooth, yeah. <laughs> oh, is this where the sweet tooth came Absolutely. Came from? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the thing we have in common. <laughs> or one of the many. Um, but no, it's really... Um, I think that's really powerful because already in that you mention sort of those adults who... Um, had an influence mm. and maybe they didn't even know how much of an influence yeah, yeah. they had. Um, so talk to me a little bit more about that and then I'll go to the 18-year-old cat <laughs> as well because I think you've provided a gem of a photo. Um, but, yeah, who were those women um, or, or people who kind of carried you through some of the challenges that you talk about in the book? Well, my next-door neighbour, Mrs Silcock, she was probably – um, the greatest influence. Yeah. I didn't yeah. have many through high school mm. as like teachers or, um, yeah, or family really okay. um, because my sister, my elder sister, who was 10 years older than me, she went nursing at 17. Okay. So I was only seven when she left oh, home, yeah. even though we were in constant contact. Mm. Um, but my next-door neighbour was probably, and I lost my nan, sorry, when I was in year six. Mm -hmm. Um, and she had been a big influence in my life up yeah. until then. Yeah. Um, and then so much so that I don't even remember a childhood with my mother. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So it she was, was your was, main. She was my main influence. Yeah. And then my next door neighbour yeah. who she, you could confide anything in her, talk to her about anything. Mm -hmm. She never judged you. She never put you down. Mm -hmm. She knew a lot of stuff that was going on in the household. So her door was always open. Yeah. And I I honestly believe even her, um, and she actually, she was instrumental in Ray and I kind of getting together okay. because her daughter used to own a um, boat hire kiosk yeah. where Ray lived and he actually worked for her. Right. So when I met Ray, that was our conversation when we first met. Yep. Oh, well, you would know such and such. Oh, yeah, I know her. You know, yep. she works in the... And you connected the dots yeah, and, you yeah. know, many, many years later, yeah, there's yeah. a beautiful story That's right. That. And then my next-door neighbour ended up moving to, which was the Redcliffe Peninsula, where Ray lived. 
he was on the north side of Brisbane, I was on the south side. Mm -hmm. And um, we could actually go and visit her after we got married. Yeah. Yeah, so That's it was really so lovely. Cool. So we kept in contact with her all those many years. Many years. And so she cool. was just a really, really beautiful lady. Yeah. yeah. Now, Kate, even in these early years, when you talk about the early years of your life, there is um, quite, you faced quite a lot of challenges mm -hmm. and, and really serious stuff when you were um, a young girl. Yeah. Um, you know, do you, I guess, what would you say to people who faced um, sort of situations that are similar? So abuse of any kind or not, um, you know, situations that no child should have to face. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit more yeah. about that and who helped you along that journey. I was fairly isolated during it, yeah. obviously, because you feel like um, even though you're the victim, mm -hmm you're made to feel like you're the one who encouraged it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really hard mm. to accept because you're afraid that whatever you do is, I'm not encouraging this behaviour, yeah. but it's happening to me. Yeah. Um, and so there's always, especially nowadays, because it is very prevalent in our society, there's places you can go where back then, you kept it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Even though you knew you probably weren't the only one because mm -hmm. I think even back then it was one in five and yeah. now it's like one in three. Yeah. And and I used to sit in class going one, two, three, four, oh, five. five. One, two, three, four, oh. And, and that's how that's how I coped. Yeah. Because I thought I'm not alone. Yeah. There, and there there's others there that were probably going through the same thing. Yeah. And it wasn't until I became a Christian and I had a lot of godly women mm -hmm. in our church who surrounded me. And if I could say anything, it would be always surround yourself with a great team yeah. of people who have got your back, Perfect. no matter what, yeah. um, because they'll be praying for you. Mm -hmm. They'll be, uh, you know, even when you're not physically there, you know yeah. they've got your back. Yeah. Um, and that was probably the biggest thing is a lot of my counselling yeah. and my breakthroughs came when I became a Christian Wonderful. and I had those women there that I could go to and talk to. And there's yeah. always someone you can go to. Who will listen. Who will listen, mm. yeah. Even mm. though you feel nobody knows what I'm going through and nobody will understand, yeah. you'd be amazed. Yeah. 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 Um, I, such a powerful message um, for anyone really yes. to know that there is there is support out there. Yeah. It, it takes courage, I think, to step out and actually reach out for that. Yes. But to yes. see, um, yeah. you know, how that how that unfolds in your life mm. um, mm -hmm. as a, as a young person was really incredible. Yeah. Um, so you talked about the 17, 18 year old. Yes. Um, uh, well, young man in Pastor Ray, I guess, in Ray. Um, and again, this is just such gold. This photo of both of you um, is just incredible. So tell us about this season of your life. Well, that was not long after I met Ray. Yeah. Uh, and I met him on the dance floor. Okay. Okay. Has, golden question, has he got some serious moves? He did back then. <laughs> he really could dance back yeah. then, yeah. yeah. And... Um, it was a uh, Saturday night yeah. and his mate 
um, at the time always used to say, come up to Cloudland Ballroom, it was known as, and it was the biggest ballroom in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. And they used to run what they called a 60-40 night. Okay. And which is 60 modern, 40 old time. Right. You know, the pride of hair and the progressive barn dance. Beautiful. Most young people who are listening to this won't have a clue <laughs> what I'm talking about. But that's that was the sort of night it was. Yeah. And um, he just said, he only went once mm-hmm. and that was the night that, not that particular photo, yeah. but he went up that night and he met me yeah. and um, then we started dating after that. So, oh. And it was him who brought me basically to the Lord because yeah. he was a Christian yeah. and I started going to the youth group with him, um, which was a, um, a Presbyterian fellowship. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who ended up being our best man mm-hmm. um, was also ended up being a pastor of Christian Outreach Centre at Redcliffe. Okay. And... He worked with a face of quite a complicated, but there's always people that God strategically places. Yeah. And he worked with a guy in a bank who had got saved and filled with the spirit. Yeah. And he wanted it. Yeah. This is our best man. And mm-hmm. then he came back to our youth group and we could see just by the look on his face, he had received something and we were going, we want, we want it. that too. We want yeah. that too. And so that's how we came into COC oh, all those wow. years later. And that was really the turning point in our lives. Yeah. Because the baptism in the Holy Spirit wasn't accepted in our youth in group. And it actually divided our youth group wow, back okay. then, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but um, Christian Outreach Centre had started up at Woolongabba in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And we started going to the youth group there. Okay. So this is obviously a pivotal point in your life. Mm. You're both young adults. You're going on this journey. So for you, it's quite a big shift mm-hmm. now to being back mm-hmm. in, back on a youth scene or actually being a Christian and knowing what that is for yourself. Oftentimes, a lot of people, I think, think that, you know, once you've received God and you've accepted and the Holy Spirit has come upon you, life is a dream, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. So... Tell us more maybe about, you know, what that season looked like after you've met Ray, you're dating, all of these things are happening. What are some of the, um, I guess, brightest moments that that you have in your mind of, oh, that was a turning point for us, oh, that was a milestone moment for us? What happened in your early years, um, maybe even as a young couple? Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. <laughs> How <laughs> Too long many have we to got? Count. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, because we dated for five years mm. um, and there's a, there's a lot of bits and bobs in there. Mm-hmm. But um, through that time was a lot of the counselling and um, setting free of different things. Mm-hmm. And then we thought, we'll get married and 15 months later we had our first child so it all started to happen really quickly once we but up to that point we had done youth leadership we had done kids church leadership we'd even run the christian bookstop in the in the church and so we'd done all different types of ministry ray play the drums Mm -hmm. i was in the backup singers Mm -hmm. as they used to be called um Little did we know what God was, we just thought, oh, this is Christian life. We'll just get in, say yes, do this, do that. Do it all. And God was preparing our path for when we eventually went out and pastored our own church. So we could see it all then very clearly. But up until that point, we didn't. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so we were young, we were green, and we just were boots in, boots and all. You know, it was just full on. Yeah. 
And so we got married and then, as I said, 15 months later, we were having our first child, but we were also moving out of our two-bedroom rented little duplex. Um, We thought we'd better get somewhere stable. So we we had saved up our deposit Mm -hmm. for a home Mm -hmm. and... Which I think you have a photo, a photo of our of, first time there, yeah. yes. And it's one of the um, the one of the golden moments I think in your story at just about how miraculously this all. We've came actually about. bought three homes with no money. Oh, this is incredible. Tell us more, <laughs> like particularly about this first first home, one, cause yeah, because we we're so desperate yeah. for a home with, and so we save like crazy. I mean, I think I was on forty dollars a week then, mm. and so for that was a twenty seven thousand dollar home. House yep. and land, so you get and at forty dollars a week, forty dollars a week, yeah, raise income, yeah. and raise income, and a baby on the way, and so we had saved our so deposit. Was baby number two, or still baby number one? Baby number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had saved two and a half thousand dollars, and we thought, yes, wow, that's huge. Back in those oh, days, yes, we've yeah. got our deposit finally for this home, <laughs> and there was a our church at the time in Redcliffe was buying land mm-hmm. at a place called Narangbar, mm-hmm. and they wanted to put a Christian school and what have you on it, and it was part of the COC movement as a whole. Yeah. And the gentleman who was selling it found a loophole in the contract and within 24 hours, I know the centre had to come up with an astronomical amount of money. So Pastor Clark Taylor at the time put out a call Mm -hmm. and said, if you've got any money that you would like to give, you can give it as a loan or you can give it full stop. So we prayed about it and we felt God say, no, you give that money Mm -hmm. and you don't expect it back. And we thought, okay, well, that's fine. Well, Young Not, Christian couple, baby yeah, on the way, very, hoping for a house. Yes. Yep. And um, not long after that, Ray woke up one Friday morning and I said, are you not going to work today? He said, no, we're going to go and buy a house. <laughs> In <laughs> true Ray <faith. laughs> yeah. Like here I am, you know, very pregnant thinking, we're buying a house, what with? Yeah. <laughs> and and that, that was probably my first question because back in those days, that was the first question real estates would ask. So have you got your deposit? And he said, well, obviously, if we've given our money to God for God, he's going to provide. Yeah. And it was really the start of our faith walk and mm. our whole Christian life has been one of just trusting God yeah. and what have you. So we looked and we looked and we looked and, of course, the first question, real estate, have you got your deposit? Yes, yes, we've got a deposit. <laughs> were yes. You just, were you just looking at him like, what is this man yeah, saying? <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I'm not saying a word. Yeah, like, I'm just, I'm just, I do not want to incriminate myself. <laughs> <laughs> He's putting his yeah. foot in it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, and Ray's dad was a building inspector for the Redcliffe City Council at the yeah. time, mm-hmm. and he had to inspect the property. Okay. And the gentleman who was buying it didn't know what colour schemes or anything he was going to put on the inside. He had built the house, and now he was sort of doing the finishing touches, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And Ray's dad rang us and said, there's a house that's coming up. So, because it was just a spec-built home. He owned the land. He was just going to build a house on it and then sell it off. Yeah. So, we went down and, long story short, we actually got to pick the whole colour scheme for this brand new home. That was being built. And I still, to this day, Ray and I look at each other and go, where did the um, deposit come from? We don't know. Yeah. 
but we but had somehow. the deposit somehow and we got the loan to do it That's and great. we moved into this brand new home about two weeks before our first child was born. Yeah. Wow. So... That if was, ever there was a miracle, yeah, you know, and the same thing happened when we, you know, we went out to start the church in Gosford, yeah, pioneered that, and then three and a half years later we came back. Maybe. We had no money. We actually yeah. had to get a food parcel from our church, yep. to put food on the table. Yeah. And not long after that, once again, God said, "Buy a home." Mm-hmm. <laughs> we think, oh, what we, with what with? <laughs> yeah, we should know by now. <laughs> We had nine thousand nine ten thousand dollar deposit. Yeah. Once again, could not tell you where that came from. And then when we moved over here, yeah, same thing. And this time we were given two hundred thousand. So by our house. So not one miraculous house no. purchase, not two, but actually three, three. Yeah. that you've seen so far in your lifetime. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. No more That's it. <laughs> oh, you would think by that time it would be easy to really trust God with you, you know, yeah. your finances and stuff. Yeah. You think it would get easier. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's still a leap of <laughs> it's faith. It's still a it? leap of faith. Yeah. Every every time yeah. every week where I put my tithes in, it's like I'm trusting you, God. Yeah. You yeah. know, and but God is amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. So fast forward a bit of time, um, and and you know, I know there are these huge pivotal moments, but that transition then from um the east coast of australia Mm -hmm. over to western Mm -hmm. australia talk to us about that because you had some real challenges and you were pastoring at the time like how did you kind of push through all of those challenges while still being able to care for other people's hearts and minds and lives as well on top of everything you had going on you can put on a good front (laughs) (laughs) you just walk in smile you know yeah Yeah, i'm fine (laughs) but um yeah it was I knew it was God. Yeah. And and I guess in your heart, once you know your calling and where God wants you to be, you can resist as much as you like, but you know in the end you're going to give in. So yeah. you might as well just give in in the beginning. Yeah. And this was a really difficult one because Ray came up, had to come over early because mm. the church we were taking over, the gentleman who was pastoring, had collapsed in the pulpit. Mm. Um and he ended up having bypass surgery. So David McDonald at the time yeah. rang us and said, you need to get over there ASAP. So it was a quick stepping So up. Ray basically pa- packed up the back shed mm-hmm. because I said, please do not leave your man cave for me to pack up. Yeah. It'll all go on the footpath otherwise. <laughs> so he packed that up yeah. and and he said, like, Katrina was in year, tw- um, year 11 mm-hmm. Um and she only had two weeks to go before she finished year 11. So he said as soon as she's finished year 11, put her on a plane and send her over mm-hmm. because she plays piano. So oh. she was going to be the muso. In the church, yeah. And, of course, you know, a 16-year-old girl who doesn't want to leave all her friends. So that was a major, major struggle. Yeah. I, I don't think I've spent more time in prayer than what then, I did then. Yeah. And... Um, so I put her on the plane and that really just about killed me because she'd never flown before. Mm. And in those days there was no direct flights. Oh, she had wow. to stop off in Adelaide and I kept saying, if you if you need help, just ask one of the airline stewardesses and stuff. Mm. And um, so 
I'm, I'm thinking she'll get to Adelaide and she'll turn around and she won't even hop on the plane like, in Perth. And I like, just had to trust God. I'm leaving my yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, please, please just hop on that plane, yeah. Katrina. And she did, obviously. Mm. Um, so that was a major upheaval, which left then my son Luke and I mm-hmm. to pack up the rest of the house and go over. Well, I was so stressed. I, I got to the stage where I thought, you know what? I'm not going on that plane. Mm. I'm staying here. I'm unpacking all these boxes. I am not going. I was so yeah. just. It's huge. It was huge. Yeah. It was huge. And because half my family's over here, the rest of us are back in Queensland. Yeah. And I can remember one night I just sat on my bedroom floor and I just cried my eyes out. And I mm. said, God, I know this is what you want me to do. Mm-hmm but I am really struggling yeah. and this is so stressful and I just don't even know where to begin. Yeah. And, and I can remember just sitting there having my eyes closed and I actually thought it was my son because his room was next to ours and I was sobbing so hard. Mm. I actually thought I woke him up mm. and he came in to sit beside me and put his arm around me. Mm. And, and so I'm sitting there like this and I'm going, oh God, just, oh God. I, yeah. I didn't know what to pray. It was just one of no those words. prayers, you know, the help prayers. Yeah. And I felt this arm come around my shoulders and I quickly went like that and I went, oh, it's there's no... It's me. It's just me. There's yeah. nobody here. Mm-hmm. And so I closed my eyes again and it got tighter. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I realised then, obviously, the Holy Spirit was there. Giving you that comfort. Giving me that, that comfort needed, that I yeah. needed. And I just basked in his presence mm-hmm. and I said, oh, God, I just need your help. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Yeah, And it was almost like then a, a cloak, as the only way I can describe it, just came over mm-hmm. and I remember the words him saying, I'm beside you, I'm with you, mm-hmm. and I'll be with you. And that's all I needed to hear. And it was like, that I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this. I'm not alone. Even though I felt really isolated and cut off because yep. our church had already said goodbye to us. Yeah. And um, I just knew Mm -hmm. that God was with us and it still didn't make it easier um, because you were leaving all your family and your friends that you'd known all your life Mm -hmm. behind. But But you you had some assurance that it was definitely God and it was definitely the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Western Australia is another big, big chapter all of its own with, again, lots of really high highs Mm -hmm. and some really low lows Mm -hmm. that you talk about in there. Um, And we won't give too much away because I think there's a really powerful part of the journey where you talk about almost this really deep valley that you Mm -hmm, had to walk mm -hmm, through mm -hmm. um, as it relates to family. Um, What I might ask is this, what would you say to anyone who's facing what they think or what they're feeling is the hardest battle of their lives from drawing from what encouraged mm-hmm. you to get through that big yeah. valley? Yeah. yeah. Um, first and foremost, God never leaves you. Mm. At the time you feel like he's gone. And I love that song Waymaker where yeah. it says, even when I don't see it, you're moving. And even when I don't feel it, you're moving. Yeah. And that has become a reality to me. Yeah. Um, and there's always somebody you can go to. Mm. Um, I found a wonderful Christian counsellor over here and I've spent time with him and just walking through some of the stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but God is our greatest source. Mm. Mm. No matter what, he's yeah. He's there 24-7, yeah. never going. So um, 
yeah, I, I guess it's it's fine. Once again, it comes back to having those people around you. Mm-hmm. You're not a lone wolf. You're not on your own. And we can say, you know, yes, God is with us, but you do need physical people around that you can trust. Yeah and confide in as well. And that's so important of building a team mm. um, around you that uh, they're there for you. Who can walk parts yeah. of that journey yeah. physically yes. with you. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's so good. Um, now, Kate, um, I, I just think it's such a wonderful read, like going through the book and learning so much more about you. I've, I've wondered, though, when you were in the writing process and you were kind of putting your story to paper, did or I, I wonder if you had an audience in mind and did the book land where you thought it would land? Actually, <laughs> when I was writing it, it was only going to be for my family yeah. and maybe a couple of close friends. Yeah. And then when I was getting to the end of it and it was like it's going to go bigger, mm-hmm. I kind of thought, oh, well, it, I don't know who it's going to reach. And suddenly when it was out there, mm-hmm. I had people writing to me emails saying, oh, I've read your book, it's great. And I'm going, wow, I wouldn't have even thought you would have bought it, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And and so it's reached Christians as well as mm-hmm. I, I thought mainly probably Christians yeah. um, because it is a lot of my journey in God. Yeah. Um, and then to hear non-Christian people who've said, oh, I picked up a copy of your book and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I went, really? Yeah. <laughs> it shocked me because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you, you don't, think sometimes that we've all got a story Mm. but you wonder where your story fits into somebody else's help and what have you and since writing it Mm -hmm. and publishing it the amount of people who've come to me and said I've walked through similar and so thank you for putting it in black and white and and you suddenly realize that you know that one two three four five Mm -hmm. which is now probably one two three Three. um they're out there yeah and, and it's not needing. just for you know for for the the sexual abuse, yeah. but the, you know people are going through all sorts. Yeah. You don't know exactly what path people are walking on, yeah. and um, yeah. So I have been amazed at whose hands it has come yeah. into contact with. And it's reached people that I never thought it would. That's incredible, and and you're quite right. You tackle so many of those big issues. Mm. Um, you know. The, the effects of, you know, you mentioned your, your grandmother mm. being your main caregiver mm. figure. Mm-hmm. So sort of maybe the, the effects of parents who weren't so present or mm-hmm. alcoholis- alcoholism mm-hmm. or a few other things yeah. as well. So yeah. really a wide reach and I yes. think it speaks to so many different yes. experiences. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, if people wanted to get uh, hands or their hands on a copy of your book, where would be best to do that? Go to Amazon, okay, and it is available as an ebook and a paperback. Yeah, um, so yeah, just order it online. Lovely. And if you can't get to a computer, just let me know, and I can order some author copies and send that through. And send yes. it through. Yeah. Um, I'm certainly uh, coming to have mine autographed. Oh, great! Soon, <laughs> soon enough. Um, but I did want to. Um, maybe kind of come to a close on this if when you look back at everything that you've put pen that that you've written Mm -hmm. down in your book and obviously lived and experienced what is the key message or what are some of the key messages couple that you'd like people to walk away with or that you pray people would come away with having read your book I think number one Mm -hmm. is make God number one Mm -hmm. 
that's so, so really yeah um and secondly i would say if you you know who you are in christ mm. it's that is so important yeah. yeah because even though your roles will change throughout your life mm. your identity in christ never does yeah um and, and that was a big lesson for me to learn mm. and because um, a lot of my life was people's opinions yeah. and I let them speak in mm -hmm. and people's dreams that they wanted to live through me. Yeah. And so I had to come to that place where I realised who I was in Christ mm -hmm. and to go after the dreams that God has placed in my heart mm -hmm. and not live somebody else's yeah. dream. Well, and, um, yeah, and even though my roles through life, you know, you know, I've been a mother and I've been a pastor and, you know, I, I'm a receptionist and I this, that and the other. They constantly will change. Yeah. And but my relationship and my identity with Christ never will. And I'd say to somebody, if you can learn that early on in your life, that will be a really strong foundation that you can build upon. Yeah. And then, you know, the dreams that God places within your heart, you'll have the confidence to go forth and do it yeah. because you know that's what he's called you yeah. to do. Yeah. So profound. You never have all the answers, believe yeah. me, but yeah. if you know, God's got your back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Knowing, yeah. Knowing the holder of the answers. Yes, that's is right. The key, isn't Absolutely. It? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, such gold and such wisdom in that, given um, that today is um, Celebrate Women's Day as mm -hmm. well, I'm just wondering if you have anything additional that you'd encourage women with in this season um, from your own lived experience or something that relates to the book that you're like, you know what, if I was speaking to um, a woman out there who was going through something, this is what I'd say to her. Um, probably be you. Yeah. Be you. Be who God has made you. He made you an original. Mm. Don't die a counterfeit. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those things that I'm going to type up and frame and put in my study. Be an original. What was it? Be, God created you an original. original. Don't, Don't die, die a counterfeit. So yeah. Good. Yeah. So and I think in this day and age, there's so many voices, and Pastor Jeff even spoke about it um, this morning in his message, is, you know, we need to put those noise-cancelling earphones on our heart. hearts. Yeah. Because so many voices will say, you can't do it, yeah. you're not good enough, yeah. you, you know. But that's not what God says. Yeah. And so we need to only hear his voice and... And choose to believe yeah. what he says. And I know us. there's people out there because yeah. they've spoken to me about getting books out. Yeah. And I say to them, look, do it. Mm -hmm. If that's what you feel yeah. to do, then do it. Beautiful. Yeah. And any other yeah. calling for that matter. Yeah. It's, you've just, it is a step of for faith sure. and... You know, fear will scream in your ear that you can't do it. You haven't got the qualifications. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been qualified for anything, However, but I've just stepped out and said yes. And, and it's worked. Yes, you know? yeah. Um, and finally, Kate, I think if I could close with this, um, what would you say now to a younger version of Kate? So that's whether you're 8, 14, whichever young, young version mm -hmm. of yourself, what would you say now um, having lived your life so far and gone mm -hmm. on this journey, what would you tell that little Kate? I would tell that little Kate, it's going to be a great journey. There will be a lot of highs. Yeah. There will be some lows, but you're going to get through it. Yeah. 
so good. God is so good. He's yeah. got the he knows the beginning and the end. Yeah. And you're gonna make it, girl. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> love it. Such an encouragement. And I think that speaks to all of us really. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes you can't see your way through the dark, mm-hmm. but at some point when you look back, you're like, Yes. Yeah. It all worked yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, Kate, thank you so, so much for spending this time sharing a bit more about, you know, your book. I think it's an awesome read and I really hope people get their hands on it as soon as possible to just really know that journey that you've walked. It was such an encouragement to me and um, I love that I've also walked away from um, today's chat with something that I can frame and put up on my wall as well. Excellent. Great. (laughs) Lovely. Great. Um, So thanks for your time today. And um, on that note, we will hand over to you, Pastor Jeff, to close out um, this evening's um, service. Wasn't that amazing? Hey, thank you so much, Kate, for being willing to share your story. And I pray that that book will reach so many people. Special thanks to Tendai Mashero for uh, being the host of that wonderful interview. That was amazing. You know, every single one of us, when you hear a story like that, I guess for me, there's always two things. One is that I see the turning point that Jesus made in someone's life. But as well as that, I see all that he did leading up to it. I think that's the thing that gets me about all these my story moments that I hear is the fact that our decision to follow Christ wasn't just something that landed on us and somewhere out of nowhere, but you can see the fingerprints, if you like, of God in someone's life from sometimes years before leading them up to that moment where the realization of their need for Christ bursts in on them and they make their yes to Christ. And I know that some of you that are a part of this service, this my story, you could look back and go, you know what? There was that moment where someone spoke to me, where someone told me they were praying for me. That time when I went through that difficult period and I wondered about God. Well, I want to be able to help you right now to make your yes moment for Jesus right where you are. It's not difficult. It's not complicated. I believe God so much wants to come into someone's life that if you'll just open the door of your life just a little and give him your yes, that he's willing to come in and begin to save you and lead you and just totally give you the life that he's got planned for you. It's as simple as giving Jesus that yes. I'd love to help you do that. I'll pray with you in a moment. And then why don't you send your yes, your Y-E-S, through to the number that's there on the screen. If you're in Australia, 0488-826-392. If you're outside of Australia, or maybe you just prefer to get our help and support via email, then it's yes.metrochurch.org.au. Of course, if you're with us on the Metro Church online platform, the yes button is there for you as well. Whichever way you choose, we will send you, after we get your yes, a Bible verse and a prayer. They're different every day, and uh, they will help you. They'll speak to you. They'll encourage you. They'll strengthen you. And you get that every day for 30 days. You can opt out whenever you wish if you want to, but you know, hardly anyone ever does because they find that This encouragement is so powerful. Let me pray with you wherever you are. Maybe right now you want to make this prayer that I'm about to pray, make it yours. Lord Jesus, I'm aware of my need for you. You've been looking for me for this moment. 
wanting me to say yes to you. And right now, I'm giving you my yes. I'm saying, come into my life. Forgive me of my past. Lead me into the future that you have for me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, thank you for every person who's giving you their yes. I pray too, Lord, for all of those that have heard Kate's story and maybe they're walking through a difficult patch or a troubled time. And Lord, you're going to do for them what you did for Kate. You're going to strengthen, you're going to encourage, you're going to bring the right people around about them. I thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for being a part of this great My Story. Look forward to seeing you here at Metro sometime soon. That would be absolutely amazing. I'd love to meet you. God bless.